Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. That's right. And we are here in beautiful Studio B. I'm Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I'm with... Pastor Nick Plummer. Pastor Nick Plummer. Beit Tehillah Congregation. We are so blessed. We are. We are so blessed to be here. We really are. I mean... Great. We're season four. That's right. Season of four. Leviticus. I think it says episode 28. Uh, I don't know about that, but I know that we've got over 9,000 listens. Wow. Season four. Yeah, that's pretty good. Not bad at all. Better mm-hmm. than season one with yeah. seven. Yeah, and some of this is converted to video, so you're probably only looking at the audio listens, right? Yes, yeah, that's it. Just yeah, the audio. Just the audio, yeah. So uh, we're in Studio B, as we mentioned. We're having a great day. We've got coffee from Rwanda. That's right. So, you know, many blessings That's to right. the people of Rwanda. Yeah. And uh, what else is going on? We had Shmuel Younger here uh, last Christian night. Christian Friends of Israeli Communities. Oh, man. CFOIC is the acronym. What exciting work they're that doing. That was good. Yeah. CFOIC, I think, dot com, they can go to. Christian Friends of Israeli Communities. Yeah, just look it up. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff to do Reconciliation with that. of Jews and Gentiles and also uh, working together. Yeah. For the common good. That's right. That's right. So today we have a double portion, so we're going to jump right in. We had a double portion last week. We did have a double portion last week. That's a double, 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 double. Wow. So uh, the first portion is Akarimot, which is after the death, um, which is the Torah portion found in the book of Leviticus, starting in chapter 16 and verse 1 and ending in chapter 18 and verse 30. Our second Torah portion is Kedoshim, which means holy people or the holy ones. And this is the Torah portion found in Leviticus, starting in chapter 19 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 20 and verse 27. Now, it's important to note that chapters 1 through 17 in Leviticus are the way to God. And chapters 18 to 27 we'll be crossing are over. the walk with God. So we're crossing over we from cross- the way to God to the walk with God. To the walk with God. That's right. Wow. So, Thank you, Father. Yeah. All right, let's do this. So, you know, uh, we're looking at in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 1 through 16, we have the Day of Atonement, some instructions here, some interesting things. Uh, the only thing I want to bring out is this. It says right here, I'll just read two verses, because uh, Ryan said I could read. <laughs> the Day of Atonement, Leviticus 16, 1 yeah. and 2. Um, and the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered before the Lord and died. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. So after the death of Nadab and Abihu, we know that, let scripture interpret scripture, number one, they offered up strange fire. Yeah. They had been drinking. Oh, yeah. And then thirdly, they went into the holy of holies. That's right. So I never really thought about that until I looked at this particular scripture saying, listen, you can't do that. You can only do that once a year. Right. So if they had to drag their bodies out, that was probably what, three strikes, you're out. Yeah, but so now... You're inebriated, you have strange fire, and you went into the Holy of Holies, and they had to drag their bodies out. They were clothed. Sure. And out of the camp. So, so interesting that they broke protocol. But now the veil is torn, right? So... 
we've got to boldly come to the throne. That's of right. Christ. That's yeah. right. Yes, we've got so, a so so could Aaron the high priest go into the holy place at any time he wanted? No, he could not. No, and that's that was the protocol. So it's even better for us today. And that's just simple then. protocol. You yeah. Know? I mean, see, God is so holy that we take it for granted. We don't even know how holy he is. We don't realize. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the whole essence of it. We want to approach him. We have to have certain credentials and do certain things to approach him, like what Yeshua had done. Right. He boldly come to the throne of grace because of the finished work of the cross. So Aaron had to bring a sin offering, a bullock, and a burnt offering, a ram for him and his sons. Uh, this is for the Day of Atonement, so they got to have their own atonement. Uh, Aaron was commanded to wear special garments for the Day of Atonement. So he took off the, you know, the colors and stuff, and he put on all white. Uh, what were the children of Israel to bring as a sin offering and a burnt offering? So it was two kids of the goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. So remember, now the burnt offering is voluntary, but the sin offering is mandatory. But this is what was required for uh, the children of Israel. Uh, so what was Aaron to do in order to determine which goat was the sin offering? This is interesting. So they would cast lots. So the luck of the draw. So they're going to cast lots to see which one is going to be the sin offering. Right. Because the other one's the burnt offering. Right. So which one's going to be the sin offering, right? Well, no, the other one gets let go, right? Or no? Yeah, but, but what I'm saying oh, is I that you, you have yeah, to decide. Yeah. Right, right, right. So what was the other goat called and where was it sent? So this is the scapegoat and it was sent out into the wilderness. Azazel. Azazel, that's right. So basically that one was going to do what? Be sent out into the wilderness. To a dry place. Uh, they're going to cast lots. Um, let's see here. Leviticus 16, 8, and 10. Um, yeah, because it says Azazel. So it's one for the Lord and then one for the people. And the one for the people. Well, actually, it's one for the place that's contaminated and then one for the people. It says right here. Which um, one's the which one gets sent out? Is that the one that represents the sin of the people? Azazel gets sent out. But that's, that's the, the sin of the people. Goat. That's the sin of the people. So it's the then people's sin. The other sin goat is going to be a burnt offering. For the place. For, for the place. Got it. Right. Place and people. Uh, so keep that in mind. Aaron had in his hands sweet incense that was finally beaten and brought within the veil. Uh, Aaron at the mercy seat took the blood of the bullock and sprinkled it with his finger eastward seven times. And the blood of the goat was done in the same manner. Roger that. And then, of course, uh, Leviticus sixteen sixteen, And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Mm. So there, there's, there's this day of atonement. Now, the day of atonement is all about corporate forgiveness. So let's look at this. Uh, atonement was made not only for the people, but for the tabernacle as well. How is that applicable today, Ryan? Mm. Well, I definitely so think people and places should be sure, sure. Clean, I think that um, you know it's like spring cleaning, except in this case we're in the fall, <laughs> right? Uh, I think that the people need to be atoned for because of our uncleanness, right? So our sin right. puts us in a, a state of being of uncleanness. And sometimes our sin is pride. Sometimes our sin is our thoughts. Sometimes it's physical actions that we've taken. But we're always in need of that atonement, which is why uh, Yeshua is even today our high priest, making an atonement for us in the holy place, in the heavens, even right now. Um, But then I also think that there's an atonement that's made for the place uh, because 
the place becomes contaminated. You know, we've learned in the last few Torah portions right. how places become contaminated and how that there's a process to, quote-unquote, decontaminate them or to right. pass them from a state of uncleanness into cleanness. And uh, applicable today, I would say that there's places that we go and places that uh, we can redeem, right? Hey, it was once this, now it's this, or uh, that we can... Uh, redeem them through the blood of Yeshua and through holy and righteous actions in those And places. it means at one minute. So the Day of Atonement is all about corporate forgiveness. Yeah. So when Beit Yehila comes together, it's actually, you know, we have sinned. Yes. And so it's corporately. Right. Uh, no man was allowed in the tabernacle of the congregation when Aaron made atonement in the holy place. So this is all the protocol. Yeah. Uh, it was very solemn. Uh, the blood of the bullock and the goat or the sin offering for Aaron and the people was applied to the horns of the altar to make atonement for it. Uh, Leviticus 16, verses 18 and 19. And uh, what was confessed over the scapegoat? It was going to be all of the iniquities of the children of Israel. This is the sin. Yeah, so if we go back and look at our notes and we look at this, this is what's interesting. We need a burnt offering and a sin offering. So the goat is going to be a burnt offering for the place. Right. Totally consumed. All the sins of the children of Israel are placed on the scapegoat. To where? To go into the wilderness, to right. a dry place. Actually, they, they pushed the goat off the side of a cliff, and it, and, and, and it ended its life at the, at the bottom yeah. of the cliff. Yeah. Uh, they've actually found a place where there's a lot of goat bones at the bottom of the cliff. Interesting. Archaeologically speaking, public records, I know. Yeah. So you're thinking, oh, the little goat gets to run away. No, they're going to push it off a cliff. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know. So it, it can't be alive, because that, that, remember what, what, the, what, what we do in... in, in in um, spiritual warfare, what do we do? We send the spirits off to dry, to dry places. places, not yeah. to not to inhabit anybody else. Yeah. Well, think That's about this though. Pray. It goes out to the dry place. It's looking for water, and it traipses back into the camp. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Like remember the 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 you know the demons wanted to go into the swine, right? And then they fell off the cliff, and they committed suicide, <laughs> and they fell into the water. They did. Deviled ham. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> This is this is real. Yeah, those I learned are, all this in Word of Faith. Those are some good ones. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I mean, think about it, everybody. I mean, we got to we got to be on top of this. So, um, all the iniquities of the children of Israel were put on that scapegoat. You know, I want to say this about Azazel in the Book of Enoch, if I'm not mistaken, which yep. wasn't canonized or whatever, but an interesting book to say the least. Very interesting. Uh, Azazel is a chief demon. Yeah. So go figure. Yeah, that's So there's great. a lot more connections to that than we know. Well, and also like the iniquities, when we come together for our um, service every year for Yom Kippur, uh, we actually make, you know, corporate confessions, you know, and you sit and you meditate. You say, hey, you know, for the sins that I committed while X, Y, Z, right? Right. You know, lusting or, uh, you know, uh, casting judgment or whatever, whatever those things are. And so I imagine that this process wasn't just like the sin of the people upon you. You know, I imagine right. this is a confession over right. this animal of all of those things right. and then sending it off, you know, outside the camp. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a pretty solemn time. And of course, the uh, was the land where the priest sent the goat inhabited or uninhabited? Uninhabited. Uninhabited. What did the person who let the scapegoat go in the wilderness have to do before coming back into the camp? They would have to wash their clothes and bathe their flesh. Once again, this is a part of the, the ceremonial right. part of the law. Yeah. Ceremonial. You know, and I've, I've found that the, the ceremonial part allows us to slow down yeah. 
and take steps and stages. Yeah, and yeah. Not yeah. be totally, don't be rash about it, and and wait it out. And so, what day does the Day of Atonement fall on? And should you work on this day? So it's the seventh month on the tenth day in the evening, and no work should be done. So it's a time of fasting, no eating or even drinking is the connotation in the tradition. Yeah. Uh, some people have to take medication or whatever, but I, I don't eat or drink for 24 hours. Uh, hydrate yourself beforehand. Yeah. Don't eat a lot of salty stuff. And then just lay low. And then, of course, we come together and we have our corporate prayers, the cold and the dray. And then, of course, the closing of the gates. Yeah. So the Day of Atonement is the conclusion of the season of Teshuvah. Right. The season of Teshuvah. And so with that, the gates close. And which side of the gate are you going to be on? Well, and then um, remember, so the gate's closing, right? So yeah. in context, you've got Yom Teruah, or you know, in, in Jewish tradition, right. Rosh Hashanah, A herald, the yeah, gates trumpet. open. That's right. And so the gates open. Ten days of all. And then you have these ten days of all. Now, when we look at this from a prophecy standpoint, and we say, hey, look, We've talked many times on this podcast about how Yeshua came and fulfilled the spring feasts, right? So this is our our blessed hope that we have today, that we are saved, born again, right? That we have, and that we are filled with the Holy Spirit at Shavuot, at Pentecost, which right now we're in the counting of the Omer, and we're counting up. We can get into that, yeah. But then... But this is is the way to God. Now the fall feast. This is the way. That this is the way. <laughs> For you Mandalorian fans out there, you know who you are. This is the way. This is the way. But we get to the fall feasts, and that's our, our hope to come. Yeshua is going to return. And so I imagine, you know, uh, it, the, traditionally, that whole season of Teshuvah, it says the king is in the field, that he's approachable, but then he makes his way into the, the palace, right, to sit on his throne for judgment. And so you have these 10 days of all where the gates open, the king sits on his throne, he makes judgment, and then the gates close, and either you're in the book or you're not. On Yom Kippur. And well, yeah, the 10 days of all, yeah. you've got the righteous, the wicked, and the intermediates. Yeah. Those that haven't made up their mind yet. Yeah. And now, actually, it's, it says that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that he, you know, the, the king is out in the field, do business with him. Yeah. Right. During Teshuvah. Yeah. Yeah. So, so before the gates close. Yeah. You know, it says he's going to rule with a rod of iron. So that's pretty. Well, and that's what steep. I imagine. I imagine the gates open on Yom Teruah, and that's when he enters in to sit for 10 days of judgment. You know, and I again, we can all have our theories about eschatology right. and this and that, but I, I can see this happening to where yeah, literally ten days. Think about it though. There's a resurrection, and the resurrection clearly states that everybody who's ever lived will be resurrected in the resurrection, and then those people will all be judged based on their works. Amen. Right. So this judgment period could be between. You know, Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur on the ten days of all. The gates open. Interesting. Everyone, things, yeah. you know, you get in line for your judgment, yeah. right? And get then the right place at the right time. Yeah, exactly. So the calendar is so important. Oh yeah. Always, always oh, yeah. use your life, you know, in accordance with what God has. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it says here in Leviticus sixteen thirty four, and this shall be an everlasting statute unto you to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. Okay. Uh, once again, an everlasting statute. Uh, and I want to throw this out there before we get into Yeshua um, as our high priest. But if the golden calf incident hadn't happened, you wouldn't need the Day of Atonement. Because remember what happened. They contaminated the place and the people. Yeah. If the original sin hadn't happened, we wouldn't need the cross. So I'm just I'm just wondering, and, I, and I've done a little research on this, and I've got some, some backing on it. But uh, imagine that, that there would only be seven feasts counting the Sabbath. Yeah. But there's eight because it's new beginnings. That's right. So it's almost like, you know, people would say, well, if, if Jesus was the Messiah, wouldn't he have died on the Day of Atonement? Right. No, because he's not a goat. 
He's a lamb. That's right. He's a lamb. That's right. Uh, and so once again, uh, Ryan, let's just, if you want to look, read some verses here. Why is it better to have Yeshua, the Son of God, as our high priest than an earthly one? Well, Hebrews 3, 1 and 2. You know, not only is he uh, our high priest, but he's the mediator of a better covenant, right? And so it says here in uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, starting in verse 1, uh, it says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. And so, yeah, and, that's it, good. and it goes on and talks about him there. But then uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 14 and going to 16, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And then it says in verse 16, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so uh, what a privilege it is to you know, be of... Just to recognizing. Well, and to that. be of those people that have been given the measure of faith to believe on Christ, to believe in Jesus, that we have now a mediator in the heavenly place who is the mediator of all mediators, right? I mean, he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords advocating on our behalf so that we can have access to Does, the throne of God yeah, to place he, our yeah, request before but doesn't him. he not say that I am the way, the truth, and the life? Oh, there you you go. can't come to the Father except through me. That's right. You know, for me growing up and having to do everything and being independent and stubborn and stiff-necked and everything else, <laughs> I got to get the job. If you want something done, you do it yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not going to work with God. No. God's like, you know, you might want to put me into the equation because you're going to be your life is going to be broken. Yeah, You're yeah. not going to oh, get yeah. anything done. Oh, you're, you're spinning your wheels like a hamster. Yeah. Look, I'm getting, spinning the wheel. You're not getting Look anywhere. how good I'm spinning the wheel. But you're not getting anywhere. You ain't getting nowhere. So I'm, I'm really learning that right now, Ryan. I'm still learning that, that I need to trust him, put it in his hands, have long suffering, look at some things. But I, I like that. I like what Yeshua said. You know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man yeah. can come to the Father except through him. And matter of fact, he, he goes on to say that, listen, you know, he basically says, you can't do anything without, without me. me. Yeah, amen. Now that's anything anything so if i embark on something is he actually in that is he going to be successful through me right that's where you, you you differentiate my will versus god's will yeah because even yeshua says man if this thing could just pass for me this cup i ain't drinking it yeah but father not my will it's not about me coming out better yeah. i'm right and you're wrong you could be right and you could be wrong uh, isn't that weird that's not the good one that's, that's right. scary that's you know it's like what's let's say you don't smoke you don't drink you don't dance with girls that do. <laughs> but yet you're told to do something from the Lord, and you just don't do it. And you shirk your responsibility. Sin. Yeah. It's that easy. It's I mean, that it's kind of scary. It is. So it, I'm just saying. It is. Well, and we all have the ability to sin. So I think that the scariest place to be is to be somebody with a deluded enough mind to think that they don't sin, that they're so righteous and that they don't sin. Um, those, and, and look, I mean, look, I'm, I try to live a, a, a holy and righteous life. I do the best that I can. Um, and I think that for the most part, you know, I feel like I do a pretty good job, you know? Yeah. And you get that tendency to want to like, you know, pat yourself on the back, you know? Oh, like, hey, yeah. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't dance uh, with girls that do, right? That's right. Thank you, you Pastor Curtis Taylor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. The quotes. And, uh, you know, and so we, we become high-minded. 
and we forget that really our righteousness is filthy rags, right? Oh, yeah. And does that mean that we don't still try in our righteousness to try to do the will of God, that's to do good. the things? No, it doesn't, obviously not. And that's, you know, Paul kind of clarifies that all through the book of Romans, how, right. you know, we're, there's the spiritual principle of what Yeshua has done for us and us depending wholly and completely on that, but then also still walking out our salvation right. and being a good example to others. You know, so I'm going to give you Leviticus... Uh, chapter 17 the blood is sacred oh yeah this is a good one and i'm going to take chapter 18 yeah yeah it's good you know what look at that that's a good one you know because you've been you know throwing i me think out i've been the... forgiven more than you i don't know <laughs> we're just, not going to compare but <laughs> no I'm just i think that i have been you, forgiven much you do have more time on me i will give you that's that. what that's what i'm saying yeah you i'm more. the one that dropped the rock the first yeah i, I didn't see. throw it uh, you were up you behind mean. me yeah, yeah you dropped your rock. yeah i saw I you drop your rock i was like he's dropping his rock i'm dropping my rock <laughs> it's like they, they say that uh it's like the more people you know the more blessings you can have yeah but the more people you can offend oh yeah <laughs> the there's, more chances of offense that's there's know? that there's all these cool blessings but then look at all these people yeah. now you get a chance to just didn't do it just quite right you know what else is life's not fair and oh if it was we wouldn't be here i would tell you the most frustrated people in the world are those that are trying to make life fair because it's just never going to be fair it's a futile exercise all right, let's do it. All right, so uh, Leviticus chapter 17, blood is sacred. Uh, so here we are. We're in question 11. What would happen to a person who did not bring his sacrifice to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation? Well, that person shall be cut off from his people. That's not good, right? So in context here, you know, if you don't bring your sacrifice, then guess what? You can't be a part of the people. I think it just started raining. Look at that. See, here comes the blessings of God right now. Goodbye, Paulin. That's right. Bye-bye. Oh, praise God. Bye-bye. Yep. So was blood allowed to be eaten? No. No. No blood pudding, no I blood sausage. I talked to Pam, Mrs. Pam Campbell. That, uh, she's from England. We talked about blood pudding. Now, I've heard of it. I've never really seen it. But she says, yeah, yeah, we used to eat blood pudding. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I eat chocolate pudding. You know, I have a real weird way. I uh, like vanilla pudding. Or tapioca. I, yeah, there you go. Yeah, don't say, would you like some blood pudding next to the chocolate and vanilla? No, 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 no. Well, see, I grew up vegetarian. You know, my family was vegetarian I when I was a kid. That. Yeah. So, like, when I got married and I had just started eating, you know, I call fried chicken the gateway meat, you know? <laughs> so I discovered fried chicken and then it's been, oh, yeah. you know, my favorite food ever Popeyes since. Popeyes is good. I like Popeyes yeah. too. Yeah. I, I did. Spicy Actually, Popeyes. it's funny you say that. Popeyes was the first fried chicken I've ever my had. My favorite one is probably, well, no, I, I was thinking of Kenny Rogers Roasters. They used to cook all their chicken over on like orange wood. Oh. It went out of business. Chick-fil-A is pretty good. Chick-fil-A is not bad. You know. But as far as like, like fried chicken. Yeah. I know. So, uh, we, ha- you know, down here in the Southeast, we have Publix, Publix fried chicken. It's going to be hard to beat for a Publix fried it's chicken. It's not too bad. That's yeah, not bad at not all. Not bad at all. So, now that I'm completely off where I was. You wanted was to talk oh, about, talking about the, the gateway blood pudding. Meat. Right, 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 gateway right, right, meat. right, right. So, when I first got married, you know, eating like rotisserie chicken, like chicken with bones in it, kind of freaked me out. Because I'd just not really been exposed to that, no. you know, like an actual animal. What like, that's this? a bone. Like yeah. this is I- So, once it turned out, it wasn't just like this, you know, incoherent, you know, uh, thing, you know, blob of food, and it turned into like, oh, you can actually tell this was a chicken. That freaked me out at first, right? I've gotten over that since. Um, I mean, I could probably just pull it right off the chicken, throw it on the grill, but I know. But like blood, I think I, that's probably the remnant that's still left in me that like I don't think I would do well 
with like eating blood anyways. And then there's like ceremonies and like certain religions where they drink blood and like the occult and all this stuff. And so it's funny how that happens because God says, don't do it. So what does the occult do? They do it. They make it like a centerpiece of what that they do. That is interesting. The enemy yeah. just wants you to violate what God says not to. Not yeah, to that's do. right. That's right. And so uh, this is a very important verse. Powerful. This next one. And I, I, I want to put emphasis on it because I don't think that it can be overstated how important this is, right? That's right. So we're right at the end of chapter 17. We're culminating in the way to God. Right. Okay. And we cannot get this twisted any way, shape, or form. So we I need, want to just need to read know it the blood. straight from the word of God. That's so here's good. what it says. Chapter 17, verse 11. It says here, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So Hebrews nine twenty two is the cross reference. I would say so. So it says, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. That's so right. So let's just thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's reflect back on the the law, the sacrifice, or redemption. Yes. Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They should not have. Right. But they did. So that's why we have sickness and disease, Ugh. death, COVID. Now, so what did they cover themselves with? fig leaves yeah because shame came in that's what happens with shame yeah so they cover themselves with fig leaves and the lord said Mm -mm, not good enough this is what's required because you sinned blood has to be shed yeah now we know with the blood comes the body yep yeshua's body and his blood yep you know just like when you take communion this is my body this is my blood yep so you're simply doing something symbolic of the redemptive plan of progressive revelation that what yeshua did is he's the lamb of god who took away the sin of the world That's right. original sin so not sins people like to say that here comes the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world no it's the sin right original sin eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and he is the tree of life so when we put this in perspective and keep it in context we know that it's in regards to the blood that makes atonement yeah uh, in the occult there is no atonement there's, there's no redemption. You don't need it. Yeah. You know, sacrifice is sacrifice because they're mocking Yahweh, but there's there's no atonement needed in the occult. Well, and they're making sacrifices your demonic, to other gods. You your know? demonic activity. You don't have to atone Weird. for that. Yeah. Because you're, 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 you're a god. Right. So if you're a god in the occult, you don't need atonement. Yeah. Are we good with everything? No, I think, I think that this is just important because there are those that will tell you out there within the Hebrews community, people that slip into denying Yeshua. And I think the path to denying Yeshua is a lack of recognizing that in the Torah is this verse. And that's why the Jews have a hard time with a human sacrifice. Yes. But we're looking at the principle. Correct. Well, and it's, it's, uh, it's more than that, right? So it's the... How powerful is that, Ryan, when you think about it? Well, God took on flesh and was punished and died for us. Amen. And he had no sin. He's perfect. And yet we can't even serve one another. Right. Well, and the sacrifice itself, you know, wasn't on the altar, right, so to speak. This is a substantiation, uh, not transubstantiation, a propitiation, right? So this is where I was supposed to be the one that was punished. Right. And he took my place, right? Right. So this this is different than 
just the shedding of the blood of an animal, right? One can cover my sin. The other can make my sin go away as if it never happened and give me a clean slate. Covering is okay, but taking away is even better. And that's just a reminder for those of you that are hearing voices. God says, if you hear my voice and keep my commandment, you'll be above all people. You'll be a special, a segular, you'll be in my hand. Yes. Uh, special jewel. So it's just so important that we don't listen to those voices, you know, like you're not going to make it, or you're not good enough. We got We got to get rid of that. And so once again, we see this atonement happen. We got to go over this time and time again. Uh, as we look at this next chapter. Yeah. Interesting uh, that we transition into this. It's a, it is a transition. I yeah. call it improper relations, but it's also... It's a good name for it. It's also secret sins. Uh, forbidden sexual practices is another title. So here we go. Chapter 18, you have this transition. Yeah. With the walk with God. Simply put, don't have secret sins. So does the Lord prohibit incest? Yes. Absolutely. Now, we're not going to get into great detail because we don't need to. It's self-explanatory. Well, it really you can is. read it for yourself. Right. So you could not lay with a woman that was unclean. Correct. So if your wife is on her menstrual cycle, right. you are not to be intimate. Correct. you got to leave her alone. Yep. Okay? Um, because that's just what we're told to do. Yeah, amen. She's going through a cycle. She's yeah. unclean. It's a process. It's not a sin. Right. It's a process. This is symbolic of what she's going through. And uh, and so we have to let that play out. Yes. you got to have self-control. Yes. The Lord prohibits human sacrifice. Yes. You know, think about that. Uh, and of course, right here in Leviticus eighteen twenty two, I'll read the verse. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind; it is abomination. So it doesn't say some word in the Hebrew that you could mistranslate. Saying, yeah, it, oh, that it doesn't mean homosexuality. It, it prohibits homosexuality. Yeah, you know, even nature teaches us what is right and what is wrong. And I just want to share this this thought because to me, sin is sin, whether it's fornication, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever. Um, adultery, adultery, homosexuality. I'm just saying that, you know, let's just say that everyone became homosexuals and lesbians. You know, okay, the race would die off. Of course. Because you have to be with the opposite sex to reproduce. Correct. So if you if you keep in your sin, you die to yourself. Yeah. That's the way I would say Because the wages of sin is death. Right. Is, of course, extinction. Yeah. So, you know, I, I minister to homosexual in that regard. I said, have you ever thought about that if you keep in your sin and some and everybody else does that this everyone would die off? Yeah. So even nature teaches us that it's male and female. Right. So we well, have even to electricity that. teaches us that but it's female. But we have to understand female. that, you know, yeah. and that's that's why, you know, the that's male plug and the male plug don't go together. Yeah, we they just don't. Uh, yeah, I can't get that out of my head, thank you. <laughs> um Well now I think it's also important that uh it's giving a list of sins. And it's not saying, hey, this sin is worse than this one or this right. one's better than that one. There's no such thing as like necessarily a hierarchy to sin. I, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But I will say this. Each of us has a propensity to sin. It's called a bent. Right, a bent for sin, right? Pastor Don Rohn says everyone has a bent. And we all have to resist the temptation to sin, right? It's called temptation because we individually are all tempted. And it doesn't matter if your temptation is for the same sex or the opposite sex. You still have to resist the temptation. Amen? Right. It just is what it is. That's good. That's good. You know, right, it goes in, and it goes on to say, let's say if you're full of sin, then what happens? It goes into the, the land, you know, where you live. It just and becomes contaminated. Yeah. So it's right here in Leviticus 18.25. And the land is defiled, therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. 
you know, it wasn't until the Jewish people came to the land that, you know, they had to deal with malaria and swamps and they came up with drip irrigation that, and that the, that the desert began to bloom. Yeah. You know, and so remember that, that, uh, you know, when you contaminate a place with your sins, it's contaminated too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so it goes on to say in Leviticus eighteen twenty nine, uh, for whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Meaning you're outside the camp, you're excommunicated. It's not a good thing. So we're, we're running a little late uh, on, in time, but I want to say that uh, we need to have uh, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion. Achramot, after the death, I would say this. Uh, first of all, I would say that what I got out of this was, you know, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So the atonement is so important through Yeshua. The blood of Yeshua makes atonement. And you acknowledge that, you speak that, you believe that, and you thank God for it, and then you're in. You've, you've done it. You know, that's number one. I would say that's really important in this particular portion as far as the Day of Atonement and all of that. Second of all, I would say that confess your secret sins. Deal with them, get over it, get help. You know. Um, yeah, the lie that the enemy tells you is that you're the only one, that no one else has ever dealt with this, right? And... Uh, and the way that he continues you in your sin or keeps you in your sin is by keeping it in the darkness. What does it say? Confess your faults one to yeah. another that you may be healed. Yeah. So I want to encourage everyone that, uh, even myself included, you know, take, taking up you know, and having counseling with like a professional counselor or someone who's into deliverance and healing and stuff yeah. like that. I think it's important that we understand that when you confess those things, sometimes they're hard to get out of your mouth. Yeah. You know, and I'll just say this, you know. When I had to go to the uh, addiction counselor that God had led me to about the alcohol thing, you know, because it's like a, a cue, a routine, you know, and then the reward. That's how the, that's how it works. Well, the cue is always stress. Yeah. Well, I got more stress now than I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. But what's my routine? I got to have a different routine. Yes. And then, of course, then you have the reward. So I only mention that because uh, in, in, in closing this particular portion out, um, I just couldn't get it out of my mouth, you know. That I that I that that I had a problem with alcohol. Yeah, it just it it, it, it it I couldn't believe that I couldn't say it that I have a problem with alcohol. It wouldn't it wouldn't come out. I don't know the exact words. Yeah, but it had something to do with alcohol. And I was sitting. He says, "Just say it with me." And I looked at him and I said, "I can't say it." Yeah. So then he bowed as he started praying. Oh wow! But it was the weirdest thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing: when you think you don't have something, you have something. When huh. you think you're okay, you're not okay. <laughs> and it really scared me. Yeah. Because I thought I had it all in control. I know what I'm doing. I can speak whenever I want. Sure. I speak too much. And I couldn't get those words out of my mouth, Ryan. It was a spirit. Yeah. And when I finally broke through that, man, never touched alcohol again. Yeah. Because the strong man was revealed. Wow, that's amazing. So what'd you get out of this? You know, um, on the last tour portion. That's a lot. Atonement and secret sins. Well, I, I got the idea that Yeshua has many different facets to him and that the godhead has the different facets to it because of of our inability to understand just how big and how complicated but yet how simple god is right and you know yeshua is our high priest and the idea that we have a high priest who is currently you know, speaking on our behalf before the throne of God. Because you got to know that the enemy is there day and night, at least twice a he day. He doesn't sleep. Accusing us day of our night. sin. And you know what? Oh. We give him fodder and for who's it. Who's the judge? Yeah. We're giving him, oh, yeah, you know what? We just make it too easy for him. 
But yet Yeshua is there doing the hard work. And what does Yeshua say? This, like I love what he says. Hey, listen, go and sin no more. Yeah, I'm trying to represent you. In this, <laughs> in this <case>. Quit sinning. <laughs> Could you just stop and help me out a little bit here? Because otherwise, you know, yeah, you're going to be lunch. Yeah. Well, the devil seeks who he may devour. That's right. So I don't want to be lunch. That's right. No, and and you know, I, you know, reading the Gospels over again has been such a fun exercise. Um, my son and I have been reading a chapter a night, and uh, the way we've got it set up is we've got it queued up to where. We've already read Matthew and Mark. We're in Luke, and we'll be finished with John by doing a chapter a night at, you know, the end at Shavuot. So when we hit Shavuot, we'll be reading the last chapter of John. Then we got to get into the Book of Ruth. You're right, right. So it's it's uh, a cool little exercise we've been doing. But long story short, having someone who is there fighting on your behalf, even when you don't really realize it, and you're not coherent of it or cognizant of it, I think is an awesome awesome thing especially when it's the creator of the universe and the person with whom all things have their substance i mean that's a you big know deal. it's it's nice to get out of the whole day of atonement thing corporate forgiveness and move on to of course secret sins but now we get to go into kedashim right mm -hmm. so once you go ahead and take that laws of holiness and justice now which is kind of cool you know it's like he's yeah. bringing us back full circle Here's my atonement. Don't do secret sins. Confess your sins, and this is what, then you then you can do these things. Chapter eighteen should be things I shouldn't have to tell you that you shouldn't do <laughs> yeah, behind closed doors. Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. You should know. So confess your secret sins, amen. So yeah, so uh, Leviticus chapter nineteen, the first section starts out with laws of holiness and justice, and um, the big question here is why did the Lord want the children of Israel to be holy? He is holy. So wow. the children of Israel are, are sanctified, consecrated, set apart from all the other peoples to be God's representatives on the earth. And so why do they need to be holy? Because they represent him and he is holy. And so it says, you shall fear your mother and father and keep the Lord's Sabbath and do not make or have idols. So he's saying, look, you want to be my representatives? You got to be holy. How do you set yourself apart? You know, love and respect and fear, have reverence for your mother and father. Keep the Shabbat. Don't have idols, right? These um, are all the good things. Right. These are things that are just like, hey, let's, you know, we, I always hear the football analogies within Christianity. Hey, you just got to block and tackle. Do the basics, right? Let's do the basics. These are some of the basics. That's true. Right? That's good. So um, question number two is coming from Leviticus 19. You said do not make or have idols, right? I did. So idols is what you give your strength to or whatever you get your strength from if right. you want to know what it is. That's right. So think about that. Right. So like when I lost my remote control, I was real upset because yeah. it was an idol. Yeah. I really lost it, but I found it later. Right. But it was the point of, gosh, I was really bound by this thing. It's, it's funny too because you hit it degree. in your seat, which is where Rachel yeah. hit the idols. Yeah. So was the peace offering given <laughs> of that person's <laughs> own free will? Uh, and the answer being? Yes. Yes, of course. It's voluntary. It is. It is the burnt offering, the meal offering, and the peace offering are all voluntary. You don't have to, to do it. Right. And so the peace offering had to be eaten on the first or second day, and it was abominable to eat it on the third day and had to be burnt in the fire. Uh, anyone eating it on the third day will be cut off from among his people. Um, all right. So what was to be done to the corners of the field? Let's go back to the peace offering. Oh, okay. Quick. Sorry. Yeah. No, because here's the deal. I want everybody to understand this thing. Well, what's the big deal? What do we do? Well, when you give of your whole being and your life to the Lord, you're like a burnt offering like the Lord was. Right. Now, what goes with that burnt offering is usually unleavened bread, which is called a meal offering, grain offering, meat offering in King James. Yeah. So what you're saying is that, Lord, I'm giving you my life. Now I'm going to serve you. 
And that's what the unleavened bread represents. Ah, uh, yeah, I got so you. So once you do that, you say, I'm going to give you my life and I'm going to serve you. And when you bless me, I'll have peace offerings. These are the only offerings I can eat. Right. So what happens is when something good happens, you invite people in and say, look what the Lord has done. Right. So like when we can bless the, the congregation or bless people or bless one another or our friends and families, whatever, it's like, okay, the Lord has blessed me and I want to bless you. This is my peace offering. Sure. You know? And then, of course, like let's say you complete a vow, you have a peace offering. Hey, you know, I'm debt free. Peace offering. Hey, I lost 20 pounds. You know, yeah. whatever it is, you know. Nice, yeah. So you get a peace offering and then you can share it and, and, and just thank people. And that's why it's done the way it's done and, 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 and explained that way. So go ahead and, and get into the corners of the field because that's good too. It is. It is cool. And this is talking about the blessings, right? If you have a field, that's a blessing, right? Right. And so what was to be done to the corners of the field? Don't wholly reap them. So you would leave the corners of the field, and then it was, the question was why? Well, it was to give provision to the poor and to the stranger. Right. So you would leave the corners of your field so that someone else could come behind you and you know reap off of your field, right, to get a little bit of your blessing. <coughs> Excuse me. So does the Lord command some form of provision for the poor and the stranger? And the answer being yes, the corners of the field. And so the book of Ruth is read on the Feast of Shavuot, also called Pentecost. And Ruth was a reaper. She was gleaner. She was a gleaner, right? Gleaning from the corners of the field. The Moabite. And so we're going um, we to discuss that. Ruth. So what do you think about that? Uh, well, and I the, think it's... It's cool. read on the Feast of Shavuot that we're leading up to, heading up to. Well... They say to stay up all night. I like the fact that the Torah gives us so much insight into the other stories in the Bible, right? So we read these things and we see these things. And as a Christian who hasn't studied Torah, we just take them for granted. Like, oh, okay. Or we glaze over them. But then I come back and I see, oh, wait, Ruth was a gleaner. And the reason that she was a gleaner is because that was an actual thing, right? She was gleaning off of Boaz's field. Boaz had all this wealth and he would leave things for the poor and the stranger, her being a stranger. He was a good man. Yeah. So uh, let's keep moving. So it's not okay to defraud your neighbors. No. Leviticus, the book that says all the things we shouldn't have to say. If you want to walk with God, don't defraud. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. But in our think culture. about it. We shouldn't have to say there's, that. There's fraud everywhere. But some things just need to be said. So you are to judge your neighbor in righteousness. That makes sense. I like that, right? In righteousness. And it says also in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 16, thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Ooh, how many of us are guilty of this? So I've never looked up talebearer. Oh, it's a gossip. Is it just slander or is it, is it true? It doesn't matter. It's a talebearer. It's somebody that comes bearing a tail. Oh, right? interesting. So like, whether true or not, you know, maybe maybe you as a t- it's probably talking about other people. Exactly right. So maybe you're is that being judgmental? Maybe you're bearing the tail, but oh. you don't know. You know whether you got it from a trustworthy source. That's or not, true right? too. Have you verified? Did, were you a witness of this? Right. And if you were a witness of it, are you taking this information to the right place, or are you going around and just soiling someone's reputation? Interesting. I say if you're talking about somebody, you're you're going to want to help them. Yeah. You're involved in helping them. Wow. That's what I always say. Do you hear that? Yeah. So I don't know if you guys can hear that in the background, but there's some serious rain going on like outside. This. I'm th- Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm thankful for the roof. Bye-bye, pollen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye, dust. <laughs> Wash it all away. 
You know, if it's raining, we're blessed. Yeah, that's right. So it says here, don't hate your brother in your heart. Amen. And it says, don't avenge or hold a grudge against your brother. But like malice and wickedness, plotting, <laughs> scheming, exchanging evil for evil. Right, so you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Leviticus 19.18. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Where have I heard this before? See, what if you have low self-esteem? You don't Meaning love you yourself. don't love yourself. Oh, I see. Like self-hatred. Well, then you hate your brother. You know, they say that the, like the disease lupus comes from self-hatred. Really? And disease, if you look up uh, Be In Health, uh, Pastor Henry Wright passed mm-hmm. away, but, but he was wanting to be a medical doctor, and so he started Be In Health back yeah. in the 80s. And so he noticed these trends and these roots, not all the time, mm-hmm. but the, uh, one of the diseases is lupus is, is self-hatred. Yeah. Did you hate yourself? Yeah. Interesting. These are real issues. I actually uh, mentioned this to somebody, and they took it to heart, and they and they realized it started working on it, and they and they and they, and they started getting healing. Well, you know, it's funny. It's imp- it's important that people understand that God has a higher opinion of you than you do of oh, yourself. Absolutely. And so we want to always try to see ourselves and others the way God sees us and others, right? I think that's that's a key piece, but. Um, Yeshua in, I know it's in Mark 12, I forget what the reference is in Matthew, but he's asked by the Pharisees and the scribes, right? right? Hey, what's, what's the greatest, what's commandment? The greatest yeah. commandment? And so he says in Mark, uh, he says the Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then the continuing verses from Deuteronomy, he's quoting in six chapter, or chapter 6, verse 4. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then you, sh- you shall love your neighbors yourself. Those are the bookends. Love God and love your neighbor. But... There it is. That's what a lot of people, Christians say. But I love God and I love my neighbor. I keep all yeah, the commandments. Those are right. the bookends. Well, what about in between? Well, it's not that. It's not about bookends. It's yeah, about, but, but I'm it says, what people would say, though. on these God, two commands hang all the Torah and the yeah, prophets. That's all I got to do. So what he created is he created, or I don't think he created it. Well, he wrote the Torah, so he did create it. But I don't think he created it in that moment. But he's expressing all the commandments of God fall under two categories if you love me you'll keep my commandments. laws and how to love god right and laws on how to love your neighbor it's it how many's for god does he only get like four i don't know god gets god gets a decent amount let's look at it let's look at this he's got a reference apparently no let me show you think about it if there's 10 commandments here oh yes four and four and six you're right decalogue so uh the first four are for god yes and then the next six is towards man. Correct. Interesting. And number four on there is the Sabbath. That's right. So. Go on. All right. Yeah, I don't need to preach about the Sabbath today. Yeah, we're a little behind, but it's all right. So uh, here's a question. Could you mingle seed when sowing in your fields? No, no hybrids. Right. And that's the thing about today, hybrids. Right. And, well, and could a Hybrid garment cars. be worn that was mingled Hybrid with linen fruits. and wool? No. No. So there's an idea here, a concept with God that you don't mingle things right. together, right? Now, this is a spiritual principle, and I think it's important to note that when you get into situations in life and something involves mingling things that don't belong together, you shouldn't do it, right? You know, it's interesting, you know? I mean, what, what about, you know, when you think about cotton and wool, and I guess you know, a polyester suit is probably not of God, yeah, polyester I suit. You, I don't you, know. Back in the seventies, remember yeah, the polyester yeah. well, suit? Polyester made out of what? Now, plastic. You know, cotton allows you to breathe. Yeah. And wool, but these other materials, they say that it makes you hot and bothered, yeah. and, 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 and it suppresses your 
your glands and your sweating and stuff that you could actually get sick from it. So it's kind of interesting when you look at certain garments and stuff, you know, if it's cotton or wool or whatever. That well, this specifically says cotton and wool. They've proven that those materials allow your skin to breathe. Yeah. But, man, you got to iron cotton. <laughs> like your cotton sheets from Egypt. Oh, I yeah. want to get me some, some, some new cotton sheets. Yeah, remember Mike Lindell, Giza Dream Sheets. That's what I've heard. Little little infomercial there. Giza Dream. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Poor Mike Lindell. It'll be all right. All right. So when the children of Israel were to go into the land and plant all manner of fruit trees, the first three years were considered uncircumcised. Uncircumcised. And in the fifth year... You could eat of the fruit trees you planted. So the fourth year was given to God. Right. The fifth year was the time Grace. to reap a harvest. Amen. Grace. And so does the Lord speak against the use of enchantment or divination? Absolutely. That's the paranormal you want to avoid. Right. Yeah. So people are drawn to the paranormal. Right up the street from me is uh, like a, I want to call it, what is it called? Like a botanical. Um, New age. Uh, oh, listen, it's, Crystals, it's a place where you go to get tarot age. card readings. Really? Psychic. Oh, man. Right there. So I'm at, I'm at uh, Parsons and Cranberry. Do you just like go by and curse it? And no. Command it to I shut don't. down? No, I don't do any of that. You should. The Lord will shut it down. Yeah, but you just need to make yeah. that point. Use your authority. See, I command that spirit to leave in Yeshua's name. I, I, I did that to one place here. Oh, there's a list. And, and it went under. It's not there anymore. Those spirits are, uh, are floundering. Let me just tell you. Um, if you're, I'm going to be gentle, more gentle than I'm being. Okay. Cause I, like I have that. a tendency to be like the sons of thunder, you know, and just jump Go right on, out James there. James and John. But listen here, it, those places only exist because they're not able to pick lottery numbers because if they were truly psychics or pu- truly, you know, fortune tellers, they would have the numbers to win the lotto and then they wouldn't need to do what they're doing. Right. What they are is they're fraudsters. They're playing on your emotions. It's a bunch of crock. Familiar spirits. Just know things. You know, they just ignore them. Right. Exactly. They're just con artists. And remember, the occult means hidden. It's deceptive. Yeah. Ooh, here's one. This is a hot topic, especially for our, you know, new Christian churches, our emerging church out there. Hey, take it easy now. The Lord forbid the cutting of flesh for the dead and the printing of marks as well, or tattoos. And so we're going we're gonna to jump over to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28, because I want to read this verse to you guys, because I think... Um, you know, tattoos are really in now. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, as far as trends yeah. and the culture. Ye shall not make any cut cuttings in your flesh for the dead. Okay, so that's one statement, right? Nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. So the question is this, because this is what people want to say. They want to say that this verse is talking on tattoos specifically about making marks on yourself for the dead. I agree. It specifically says don't make any cuts upon yourself for the dead. Period. Nor print any marks upon you. Right. And, and some, of, some of them have done it, you know, in ignorance. Uh, listen, if it's already there, it is what it is. Yeah. Now you know. Don't get any more. It <laughs> says it right there. Don't do it. I know. I, I get so frustrated. I always thought about, gosh, if I wanted to get a tattoo, but if I got a tattoo and then later I just didn't like it. They have lasers that I'm, they can take that I'm off. sure. I'm just wondering about that, though. Yeah. Well, just like all of us. See, a tattoo is just sin that is visible, right? Right. What about the sin that's invisible? Is it any better or worse? No. 
one just gets judged by people, but they both get judged by God. All right, so how about this, though? How about your kids are doing Cracker Jacks, and you get out the fake tattoos, and they get to play around with a fake tattoo only to lead to maybe a real one? Uh, well, you say I'm it leads saying. to a new tattoo. I don't think it does necessarily. No, I'm just saying, but think about it. Yeah. Oh, look, you know. When I was a kid, my dad always said, you don't get tattoos because they can track you that way. Now, I don't know who they are, <laughs> <laughs> but I had secular reasons for my father not Forget to Forget about face recognition. Anything. I've seen that tattoo. But, you know, it's funny because we talk about clean and unclean and the pure and impure. And I always thought, like, you know, clean skin is clean skin. So I've always wondered, like, why taint your skin with ink? Right. And I know. I would say uh, in most cases... Whether it's 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 30 right. years down the road, you know, you know, thank God if you live that long, right, that people always regret their tattoos. Right. They never look at it and say, right. I'm so glad I got Wanda's name on my arm. No, you don't think that. You know, uh, as far as marking your body, go to the next one because it kind of, it's only oh. appropriate that if you're going to do that, then what about this? Okay. So the Lord forbids anyone having familiar spirits or seeking after wizards. So there you go. There's the occult. The Lord required those to rise up before the hoary head or the gray and honor the face of the old man. You know that's why I like Respect the uh, baby elders. boomers and the and the generation before that is the uh, the greatest generation. Man, we were running out of time. The greatest generation and the baby boomers. I always want to brag on and encourage. You know that's what I mean? That's great because it's important. That's right. Because you know they show got respect. To. That's right. That's it. So if it, so, here we go. Chapter nineteen, verses thirty-three and thirty-four. And if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. And thou shalt love him as thyself, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And so did the Lord uh, want us to respect strangers? Absolutely. I agree with that. You know, but just don't take candy from them. Right. Remember, don't take candy from strangers. Oh, that's, <laughs> I get it now. It's a little saying. Yeah. yeah, all right. So it could be like a little stigma. I thought you were talking about stealing How about like when you're going into an establishment or a business and somebody's coming up behind you that you don't even know? Yeah. Would you like to hold the door for him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I like to practice that. Yes. You know, and one wants to go, oh, now I'm going to be a little it's bit. So, it's so easy it's to so keep slow. the Torah. Like, oh, no, I'll wait. Yeah. And she goes in, thank you, you know. Yeah. Uh, be kind to strangers because we were strangers in Egypt, you know. Um, and also, the, the it, it goes for... Uh, uh, even the law, right? If the stranger comes and receives it. Yep. Uh, last but not least, in chapter 19, did the Lord want just balances and weights? Yes, he does. That's right. It was interesting. There was a little scene in uh, Joseph's uh, DreamWorks movie. Yeah, King of Dreams. Yeah, and um, Joseph discovered that the guy was uh, cheating in the weights and balances yeah. to the Pharaoh. That's right. They hauled him away. That's right. Yeah. That wasn't good. The horse well, trader. And the idea here is that you, you don't have two sets of, of, of weights, right. right? You don't have one set for buying and one set for selling so that you can you know, take advantage of people right. and, and stuff like that. That's not So good. let's jump into Leviticus chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. The penalties for sin. Of course, the wages of sin is death, but check this out. Anyone who gave their seed to Molech would be put to death with stoning. Yikes. I think that's the most disturbing sin I could ever imagine, that a woman would carry a child for nine months only to pass it through the fire of Molech and hear the screams of the child. It's modern-day abortion. It is. It's the shedding of innocent blood, everybody. Yep. Are the children of Israel to sanctify themselves and be holy? Oh, yeah. Hey, you don't fit in, everybody that's listening to this podcast. It's okay. You don't fit in. 
Uh, Leviticus 20, verse 9, for everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. There's actually a prophecy in one of the prophets I have to find. It says women and children will rule over you. Yeah. It's because there's no divine order. Right. The man is the covering. So once again, you want to honor your mother and father. And by the way, if your parents have passed away, you can still honor them yeah. uh, through your own life and through the name. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, they shall both be put to death. Oh, that's a rough one. Well, you know, you think about the woman caught in adultery, but where was the guy? We, the, the woman always talked, well, where was the guy? Yeah. He was involved. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't very fair. How about all those people standing there that had to drop their stones? What does yeah. that tell you? Ooh. Once again, the Lord forbids homosexuality. Leviticus 20, verse 13. Uh, Leviticus 20, verse 17. Once again, we're walking with God. He's reiterating something. Right. He's saying it again. The Lord forbids incest. Okay. Uh, and of course, Leviticus 20, verse 18. The Lord forbids intimacy with a woman having her sickness, her monthly period, and the punishment is to be cut off from among their people. So if you lay with your uh, wife and she's on her period, uh, you'll be thrown out of the camp. Well, the point you're is not that stoned, you stone, but you're thrown out of the camp. You you're can't, unclean. You are, and you can't be trusted to make decisions, right? That are clean decisions when you're in private. And these are all the things that we have to be. Taught. So, how do you trust somebody that you can't trust? Oh, that's true. Because Leviticus twenty twenty three, chapter twenty verse twenty three, and you shall not walk in the manners of the nation which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and I and therefore I abhorred them. Say, don't be like the world. Boy, the world is in a bad place right now. And COVID-19 affected the whole world. What two things uh, would the land flow with? Milk and honey. This is so cool. You know, I love milk in my coffee yeah. in the morning. And I love honey in my tea at night. Yeah, the Lev Haolam box this, this month was uh, about milk and honey. So it was all products from the land. I'm telling you. Milk and honey. This is awesome. So the Lord clearly states that he has separated the children of Israel from other people. What does that look like today? Wow. What's you, your little thought on that? We'll close it up. I got to say, um, when I got into Hebrew roots, I, I never quite felt as separated from the world as I did once I started to understand the relevance of Torah the to the believer. and keeping the covenant. Right. Yeah. Well, but think about it. You know, we separate ourselves from the world, not because we personally, as, you know, as a human being, are better than anybody else, but because that's what God has called us to do. And, you know, I just think that eating clean... And, you know, not committing these, you know, sins in private and, right. um, you know, doing the things, right? Keeping the feasts and the Shabbat. These are things that help separate us from other people. And they should be used as a light and that we should say, look, this is righteous. God has called us to do this. Others should do this too. And instead, we receive condemnation from the world, and instead of being proud of that condemnation, or maybe not proud is not the right word, or being, you know, understanding and and taking joy in that persecution, we feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this because I'm making people feel bad. It's not you that makes people feel bad. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts other people because the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Because you want to have faith. Right. So I would say that being separated from other people... um, on a basic Hebrew roots level is, you know, keeping the dietary laws and the Shabbat and the feast days. But then on a bigger level is having the spirit of God inside of you and walking <coughs> in the spirit. And even if you didn't have the revelation of Hebrew roots, you should be walking separate from others in the world through the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's good. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, if you hear his voice and keep his covenant, you will be above all people. That's right. It's like Yeshua gives us incentive. If you keep the Torah, live the Torah, you'll be greater than those that don't yeah. keep the Torah or live the Torah. Uh, the Lord wants us to distinguish between what is clean and unclean. Yep. Uh, the Lord wants us to be holy, and he has severed us from other people. Now, remember, severed. It's a clean cut. Yeah. It's like a piece of meat hanging on the... Yeah. That's what it does. You like that? Oy vey. Severed. It's severed. I just, I just severed it. <laughs> Nothing's hanging or dangling. No. He says, listen, you're not going to fit in. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're yeah. mine. Come yeah. on. Let's go. Let's do this thing. That's why the Jews have survived for all these years in their communities. Oh, yeah. Had they not done these communities like they did, we wouldn't have Judaism today. We wouldn't even have the Jewish people. We wouldn't have Christians. They wouldn't even make it, but yeah. that's what they did. Um, and of course, uh, that's what they did. They built their communities. Uh, anyone that had a familiar spirit or who was a wizard would be put to death. Leviticus twenty twenty seven. In closing, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion of Kedushim, holy people, uh, from a consensus of the group? Uh, I would say I would actually say this: um, work on you know work on your holiness, work on your purification process, work on that. And second of all, uh, I would uh, I would say you know um, confess your sins, basically. So let's say that you didn't quite measure up. Okay, just confess that and then work at it. And, yeah. and not about everybody else. Yeah. This was a reflection of all of us. Remember, when you get better, everybody else gets better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I got. I've got one. And I think that this is probably the big one to take away from the last few tour portions in Leviticus. And that is when given the choice between clean or unclean, choose clean 100% of the time. Good. When it's given to you to make the choice, choose clean. Um, and that's what I got. So we are going to count the Omer. And by the time you re- watch this or listen to this, it may be a different day. That's okay. Just throw in the number for whatever you know yours is. This is it. Right. Seven Sabbaths plus one day takes us to Shavuot. That's right. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitchenu, B'Mitzvotav, V'tivanu Al-Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command to count the Omer. Today is 17 days, 17 days which, is which is two weeks and three days of the counting of the Omer. Hallelujah. That's good. I love easy commands. I do. That was easy. We count to 50. I just think it's so awesome that we get to be separate and holy because of these basic things, it says in the blessing that God has, you know, given us his commandments. Why? To, to help us be holy. And this is just one that we can do so easily. And I'm just so thankful for that. Right. It's good. So, all right, Father God, we thank you. We love you. We bless your holy, holy name, God. We thank you for teachings and instructions from a father to his children, that you have blessed us with your Torah and that you have blessed us with the whole counsel of your word of God and that you have blessed us with your son, Yeshua, and his work on the cross. And so we receive these blessings from you today, Father, and we declare, God, that you are a holy God and that we are holy people who are set apart for you. We love you and we thank you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. All right, bless you guys. Have a great week.